This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by Stealth EX, an instant exchange where privacy is the top concern. Go to StealthEX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making Stealth EX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever. By typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. All right, Andrea, what's going on? Very good, thanks. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Correctly, definitely. Right. Andrea. So what, what was the talk on? Sorry? Your talk. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I talked about regulations, and uh, even this afternoon there will be a panel about, uh, about regulations. Uh, of course, we need to be really aware of what, what's going on in the world and uh, among governments, about uh, and about especially what regulators think and what is their approach because that affects us even of course if even if we don't want to comply with some of these regulations because they hurt freedom and privacy still we need to know how they think uh, what's their approach uh, in order to be able to counteract uh, to uh, to regulators in uh, in the proper way uh, in order to maximize freedom and privacy uh, therefore i think that uh, we should have a conversation on, the, on this and uh, i'm happy to do that here at monerocon yeah, we need to know our enemy, right? Or, uh, you know, I, I hate to refer to them as that, but that is, that is the fact, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, so, can you repeat your question? Sorry. Well, I guess my question is, where, what do you see as being uh, the regulator's strategy and ultimate goal? What, are, yeah. what direction are things moving in? Yeah, um, I think that uh, there are multiple paths that, can, that uh, they can follow. Of course, there is the very root path that uh, they can adopt, that is to ban Monero and ban any privacy-preserving crypto tools. Uh, it is one option, but of course, it is not the only option, definitely. They can use also, uh, also more subtle ways in order to hurt privacy. Um, for example, there is the um, GDPR regulation. Uh, it is the General Data Protection Regulation, which is meant, for example, to protect individuals uh, from the exploitation of their personal data. But Sounds like Monero would be the perfect tool for that. Exactly, but, but if you read that regulation, you will see that, first of all, they never talk about privacy. They talk about data protection, and so they try to meddle the waters in, the, in this regard. And then also they create so many legal exceptions to the protection of personal data that basically they allow the exploitation of personal data by public and private institutions uh, basically for any reason, because of national security or, be, or because of legitimate interest. And even regulations that are meant to protect individuals often becomes regulation that hurt individuals. And so this is a kind of a more subtle way to try to hurt privacy and uh, we should really be aware of what's going on because i mean there is not only the possibility to ban monero there is always the, uh, there is also the possibility to try to co-opt it to try to uh, bring it to white markets to try to uh, redefine in a misleading way the notion of privacy there are a lot of options that regulators can adopt and uh, we should really be aware of that 
what is their ultimate goal? Why, why are they? Why do? Why is it that there's this feeling that they're uh, on a mission to not allow us citizens to have these privacy tools? Like, is it, they just don't? They don't? They don't believe that people deserve the right to privacy? Uh, probably this is the case. And actually, if I'm being honest, if I uh, if I was a regulator. I will try whatever I can to destroy Monero and privacy tools. Uh, why? Because if we take privacy seriously, that means that individuals uh, individuals uh, own their money, own their uh, finances completely, exclusively, and they have the power to choose uh, how to spend their money um, autonomously. Which means that they cannot be forced to pay for services that, that, that they don't want, and which means that uh, crypto tools, uh, if they work, uh, at the very least, uh, can help uh, redefine the very notion of taxation. And if you are if you are a regulator or a legislator, a, bu- a, bureaucrat, a, bu- a bureaucrat or a politician, you live off of taxation. And uh, basically, the very uh, value proposition of uh, Bitcoin of Monero is to try to. Uh, at the very least, redefine the, no- uh, the notion of taxation. Uh, this is a, a threat to their existence. So, if I was in their uh, in their position, I basically try whatever I can in every possible way to stop this kind of uh, technology. It will be very very difficult because, uh, of course, information and technology wants to be free. But I will I will do whatever it takes because it is a matter of survival for them. So, uh, so. Where do you ultimately see us? Obviously, there's the, there's the cypherpunk route, which is basically ignore the regulators, keep building, create our own parallel economy outside of state control. Yeah. And then there's the route of confronting the regulators and trying to use politics and persuasion to uh, influence them, right? Yeah. And get them to do what is ethically the right thing. Um, do you... Uh, is, that, uh, is that even... Is, is the cypherpunk way the only way at the end of the day, or do you think there's there is some uh, some headway that can actually be made if we engage the regulators? Yeah, I mean, we can try whatever we can from our perspective. So, even though probably reg- regulators will never accept uh, a freedom tool like Monero, and uh, uh, even th- even though this is the case we should try to lobby them as much as we can in order at, at the very least to buy time to buy time to develop this community to uh, develop this uh, uh, science this technology that is behind monero and uh, in order to be ready when the uh, full crackdown uh, will be put in place so i think that lobbying regulators um, um, has a very important role uh, for uh, for the uh, for the development on monero and of course, there is always uh, 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 there is also the uh, cypherpunk route that uh, uh, we must follow. Of, of course, uh, cyberpunk, uh, uh, cyberpunks uh, don't ask for permission, and uh, we should do uh, whatever uh, we should develop Monero regardless of the uh, of regulators, and uh, we should really be focused on the uh, adoption of Monero on black markets and less on white markets. Actually, I think that adoption of white markets can be even harmful for cryptocurrencies because cryptocurrencies that are visible to the system, to the uh, political system, to, to the bureaucratic system, can be co-opted by the system and uh, the value proposition of privacy and of ownership uh, can be stripped away. So the focus is needs really to be on black markets, the cypherpunk route, and to buy time 
also uh, in, uh, um, in lobbying regulators. It can play a role. And then do you see a, a time when we uh, move out of just being uh, a tool for black market use, and, but that time is not now? Is there, is there ever a mainstream moment for Monero? Because that is the dream, right? Because now it's kind of liberty for all at that point. So yeah. how do we, do we ever get there? Yeah, I mean, that is the dream. It is very difficult to make a prediction in this sense because of course um, we are on free markets, right? And free markets cannot be planned. Uh, they are a bottom-up process. And therefore, and therefore, we cannot really predict uh, uh, what will happen in, uh, I don't know, 10 years, 20 years, uh, uh, or even tomorrow. Okay, so it's very difficult to make a prediction. Uh, I'm not really a believer in mass adoption, uh, at least in my lifetime span. Uh, but again, I don't think that uh, in order to be success, uh, success, successful, we need mass adoption. Quite the contrary, we should really focus on um, black markets, on, the, uh, on, on our own niche, and uh, we should be um, uh, focused on making a tool that actually works in the street for, uh, for, uh, for black markets. Then, if mass adoption hap uh, happens, if Monero is uh, accepted by uh, the majority of the people, then it's good, okay? But uh, uh, that uh, it's not really something that we can control. So we can control the fact that we can build a good tool and that we can spread Monero on black markets that may be more feasible. And so we, sh we, we should focus on, on, on that. Mm. Um, now, how does that tie, because that, that approach really, um, I wouldn't say contradicts the approach of approaching regulators, but it, it, it kind of, takes away your ability to formulate an argument with the regulators, right? So, because the argument with the regulators isn't, hey, we need Monero, you don't, don't touch Monero because we should be allowed to use it on the black markets, right? Because that, that wouldn't even make any sense. It's more so uh, privacy is a human right. People should, everybody should be able to allow to transact freely without censorship or surveillance. Yeah. Uh, we need to give it to the people. Um, so yeah. I feel like those two things yeah, don't sure. really jive. So maybe explain. Yeah, sure. I mean, we are doing a Monero Talk interview here. Mm -hmm. We are not doing, a, a, I don't know, a, a hearing in the European. Right. You, you'd, the you'd be wearing a different hat at that. Yeah, at that definitely, time. definitely. Uh, so I mean, we need to formulate different arguments. Um, of course, again, regulators don't have an interest in uh, in accept a privacy tool like Monero. On the other end, Monero. Um, is not really meant to be accepted on white markets and by regulators. So there is definitely this clash. Still, the reality is that regulations exist and uh, Monero exists. These two different uh, ways to approach the world, uh, to uh, understand the world, uh, coexist right now. And uh, uh, sometimes they clash. And therefore, I mean, uh, it is important to um, even being able sometimes to uh, um, uh, to lobby regulators to uh, make them aware of some of some problems that may, that may arise with their regulations, not only for Monero, but also for the defense of privacy in general. For example, the disc, uh, the, um, the topic that, uh, that that we touched before on on, G on the GDPR uh, on the GDPR is not directly linked to Monero because the GDPR is just a regulation on data protection. But still, it's something that has an impact uh, on Monero. So spreading the discussion also about regulations and the regulation that deal in some way with uh, privacy data protection and uh, financial privacy and so on and so forth is still very important. And uh, it can help us 
buy time and uh, uh, and maybe buy some more freedom at least for some time, which is not bad. What do you see as being the approach with lobbying regulators, right? Because obviously you have yeah. the other side who's lobbying, right? The chain analysis companies and the banks, those that want to always be able to control money and track and trace everything, right? And they happen to have all the power and all the money and all the wealth right now. Uh, then you have, you know, the us over here, right? The, the Monero niche community. We're going to go lobby the regulators, but why are they going to care what we have to say unless we're bringing money or votes? So is it in the form of we're bringing votes because the people want digital cash? Like what, what is the compelling argument to the regulators when we lobby them, when we lobby the legislators? Why, why would they even listen to us when they have people with a lot deeper pockets lobbying on the other side? Yeah, I mean, you're completely right. I mean, if we look at regulations, uh, you can spot some, uh, some passages in some paragraphs in the, uh, these regulations that probably are more or less directly written by chain analytics companies and, uh, and this very powerful actor, uh, even exchanges, for example, and uh, which have, of course, deep pockets. And uh, of course, the power of money is everything. If you're a politician, I mean, you just leave off lobbyings and uh, you um, you just, I mean, the, this is the, uh, that kind of world, okay? Uh, of course, we cannot win against this, uh, uh, these giants. I mean, they are too powerful, but still, uh, money cannot buy everything. Okay, so I mean, money is a, is, a, is a very important uh, aspect of the world, but then there are also ideas, and uh, just the fact that we are able to put ideas out there uh, to make more or less compelling arguments against uh, a particular regulation, that's still important because maybe it's possible that so, uh, someone, even among legislation, uh, legislators, or maybe some common people, uh, can read those arguments and, um, uh, and maybe they can be educated about why privacy is important, despite the fact that regulators don't, uh, regulations don't respect privacy, okay? So, I mean, it's a, it's a long-term game. Uh, of course, in the short term, in the short term, basically th these powerful lobbyists, uh, uh, are going to win, okay? But in the, um, as Mises says, as, uh, as Ludwig von Mises says, the history of mankind is an history of ideas. And uh, just the ability to put ideas out there is something that is uh, worth the, uh, the fighting. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, so, what, any advice, I don't know if you have, uh, but what we practically can do to begin this process of lobbying regulators, is it creating, uh, I know there's a Monero working group, right, yeah. for, for analyzing the regulatory scene, but do, do we bolster that up? I mean, how do we, is it just a matter of people watching at home, you know, taking it upon themselves to send letters to their representatives, or is there some kind of organized way in which we can move in this direction? Well, um, the Monero Policing Group is uh, not very uh, organized in the sense that it is just a loose quorum of individuals. And so, I mean, it is just people that uh, uh, meet sometimes and uh, 
they try to figure out what's going on in the regulatory landscape. But sometimes it can be helpful, both because that group writes some uh, documents that uh, are uh, that is uh, submitted uh, to, for example, public consultation from uh, uh, from uh, regulatory institutions, uh, and so this is public documentation. And sometimes it can also uh, help the awareness of uh, of some member of the community uh, that are build that are building tools that can get into trouble with regulations. Think, for example, about decentralized exchanges. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are the building a decentralized exchange, uh, are you subjected or not to regulation? Then you have to understand, of course, the regulations. Uh, you need to understand what that regulation targets. And so it is useful to have that information outside in order, in order to have the people avoid troubles uh, with these regulations. Uh, we had the Monero talk here about Monero, uh, Tornado Cash, for example, right? So, I mean, uh, it is important to uh, have an understanding of what regulators uh, uh, want and say and uh, in order to avoid the troubles as much as possible. And um, just one uh, last thing on that. I was talking uh, yesterday with Arctic Mine, with Francisco, and he told me that um, uh, basically it is very easy to work with, uh, with, for example, US regulators, because they write everything and they put uh, out uh, some guidance. And if you read what they say, then you can adapt and uh, and you can and you can try to create a product that doesn't conflict with that regulations. And that you can try to be smart uh, with uh, with compliance, of course. So. Uh, I don't really think that uh, it is always true because sometimes, for example, the SEC, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, SEC, for example, is accused, uh, for example, of not providing a, a way to uh, registrate uh, security and stuff like that. Okay, but uh, still, I think that uh, there is some uh, some value in what Francisco says and uh, in the ability of understanding regulations. Yeah, yeah he's saying there's some regulatory clarity in the U.S., but yeah, I don't know. I mean, look at Tornado Cash, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, if they were if they were advised in the beginning, like, uh, would would you say, hey, no, you're, what you're doing is wrong? I mean, there was no, they they clearly didn't cross the line in any way, but the the government in that moment decided they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and. Um uh, in that particular case, it is even not clear uh, how the sanctions are implemented because, I mean, you can argue that uh, the developer um, earned money from the Tornado Cash, uh, uh, from the Tornado Cash smart contracts, uh, which is something that regulators don't really want. But uh, the smart contracts uh, that uh, regulate uh, the issuance of uh, the torn tokens or, or of the DAO are not are not touched by the san uh, by the sanctions, and the sanctions uh, target some smart contracts that uh, relate to users. And so, what are they sanctioning, uh, sanctioning yeah. exactly? So, I mean, there are these kind of issues that uh, emerge. Of course, uh, it is inevitable, and uh, often regulators will try to make an example out of people. So, so sometimes they just arrest people just to say, "Well, if you misbehave, that will happen to you," which is uh, uh, a very good way to uh, dissuade people from engaging in privacy-preserving uh, um, activities. Uh, so again, they do, you, do yeah. you think we see a big moment like that for Monero or maybe maybe in Europe like that? I know you said that they can think it's soft ban things, but do you think one day we wake up and they try to, you know, effectively ban the usage of Monero? Well, it's very difficult to see, especially with uh, the Mika regulation and the, the new regulations that are um, that are being put in place. Very difficult to predict, but still we should be able for the worst case scenario. We should assume that sooner or later, the worst case scenario, the, the very simple fact that uh, 
on our phones or on our uh, nodes, uh, we uh, own some Monero is going to be a, uh, to be considered a crime. And uh, in that case, uh, the question that we should ask ourselves, are we, re are we ready for that scenario? Uh, what should we do if uh, the, the, um, uh, the possession of Monero is criminalized? Are we ready or not? And uh, that's the whole issue. And uh, um, th th that's what uh, we can do to prepare for this scenario. I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> Well, I try. I try. It's not easy, but I try. <laughs> I'm not hoping for it, though. I'm not hoping. Um, I guess, yeah, last question. Could you give us some uh, insight into, uh, you know, in Europe, maybe where our best bet is in terms of placing energy of where uh, Monero can be welcomed, right? So European Union is a big place. Yeah. Is there... Is it is it just one big conglomerate and there's no way like is there like potentially a Monero friendly location that could be in Europe? Do you see things heading in that direction and maybe that's where we should focus our energy or is it just the European Union as a whole needs to be convinced? Yeah, I mean, um, if I had a, an answer to this question, I would be already there. And uh, I'm really. We, we might be. We might be here. This might be it. Right? Well, maybe it's possible. But uh, the issue with the, the European Union is basically is that uh, uh, it is a sort of uh, um, very big organization that uh, uh, is going to um, is, the, is going to corrupt uh, every place uh, in the European Union. Of course, there are some places that uh, are better than others right now. But uh, the fact that, uh, that uh, these kind of regulations are decided at, um, uh, at that level, at the level of the European Union, is going to uh, corrupt uh, basically uh, every place that is part of this union. Uh, the problem is that uh, if you don't like the European Union, uh, then where do you go? So you maybe go for English-speaking uh, English uh, jurisdictions, but then again, you have more or less the same issues, of course, in different terms. But I mean, if you love privacy and freedom, you have more or less the same issues. So even that is not an option. If, if that is not an option, where, then where do you go? Maybe in countries like second world, uh, second world countries or third world countries. And, uh, but that, of course, it comes with a lot of issues again because for example i don't know i'm european uh i'm trying to study what's going on for example in central america or in south america but again it's very complex um, logistically to move there and to change completely your life so there is not only money money in life right so there are a lot of other issues so uh, so what do you do so it's very difficult to um, to uh, have a good strategy and uh, please if you come up with a solution please share with me because uh, I, I would be very interested. I wish I had man I, I there's many places I would go other than living in New York but like you said it's not just about money it's about your roots and your ties to your family and yeah it's it's easier done than said when people say vote with your feet right um last question Bi did you see what happened with Binance and the, and the delistings in Europe of, of privacy coins? Uh, no, I, I didn't really go deep in that uh, in that quest in, the, in that situation. But uh, in the end, this kind of delisting uh, is somehow bullish for Monero in the sense that, uh, of course, uh, it is not. It, it was odd that they they delisted a bunch of quote unquote privacy coins yeah. and then they relisted uh, Zcash, but didn't yeah. relist Monero, is my understanding, which. Yeah, I mean, wonder if you have any insight into that. No, I, I, I don't really didn't follow the situation, but uh, I mean, again, um, a, tool like, a tool like Monero is not supposed to be used through intermediaries. Um, 
the Bitcoin white paper is uh, titled uh, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic system. Okay, this is the, the very title of the Bitcoin white paper and, and of course it, it is true also for Monero. So peer-to-peer -peer means that uh, Monero Bitcoin should be used peer-to-peer -peer without uh, uh, using intermedi intermediaries. Of course, actions such as the listing are a problem in the sense that uh, they subtract liquidity, uh, fiat liquidity from the ecosystem which of course hurts the growing of the community and of the uh, and of the ecosystem. Uh, this is of course not good, uh, but somehow it forces people to use Monero as it's meant to be used, that is peer-to-peer. -peer. And uh, I really urge people to uh, try to use and hold Monero uh, in a non-custodial way, because this is the way that it's meant to be used. So um, if exchanges the list Monero, uh, well, we shouldn't have an account with intermediaries in the first place. So, I mean, of course, it depends on this, on the subjective situation, of course, but on the personal situation, but we shouldn't really uh, have account, crypto accounts with intermediaries. All right, man, thank you so much. Hi, Monero Land. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to MoneroTalk.live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. MoneroTalk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or CakeWallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.